At 72 years old, Bill wasn't used to getting up too early in the morning, especially since he'd retired a few years earlier. So when someone came knocking on his door just after 6 o'clock in the morning, he wondered who it was. Bill was surprised when he looked out the window and saw that it was the police knocking at the door. Believing that he had done nothing wrong, Bill opened the door to find out what they needed. The police immediately informed him that they had a warrant to search his house. For over three hours, Bill endured dirty looks from the officers while the police scoured every corner of his home for all his electronic devices. After the search was complete, he was taken to the police station for questioning, where he learned the reason for his early morning wake-up call. An FBI investigation into a child porn ring had led them to Bill's house. However, three days later, the police concluded that Bill was innocent. And it was only a few days after that when Bill's 25-year-old neighbor received a similar wake-up call. Only this time, the police got the man they were looking for, recovering multiple devices filled with the horrifying images. How did the police get it wrong, showing up at Bill's house instead of at his neighbor's? Well, it turns out they weren't completely wrong. The neighbor was using Bill's unsecured Wi-Fi network to download and distribute these pictures. The facts of the investigation were 100% correct to lead the police to Bill's home. A quick search of the web will show you that Bill's story is not unique. I found around 20 instances from one Google search where innocent people were caught up in investigations of illegal activity because of wireless routers that were unsecured or had very poor passwords. And the honest truth is that while these people were eventually cleared of charges, I'm sure that each of them would agree that their lives became a mess in the days or months following the police search. As illustrated by this story of Bill, protecting your wireless router is not an option. No one wants to be the subject of a police search, especially when the crime is something like child pornography. And even if you ultimately prove your innocence, the investigation will still cost you. You may need to hire an attorney, and you could have to miss work, especially if charges are filed. Besides the financial impact, you'll also face the fear of not knowing how the investigation or the trial will turn out. And you'll also have to face your neighbors, who will almost certainly have seen the police show up for the search. Plus, in the current state of the media, if you're arrested and charged with a crime, especially a crime like child pornography, it's going to be front-page news. But the news that you've been cleared of the charges might get a brief mention on page 8. You could spend months or years just trying to clear your reputation. And ultimately, even if you do successfully clear your name, you'll still have to live with the knowledge that someone was using your internet service to hide their criminal activity. Thank you for joining us for today's show, where we will discuss the five steps you need to take to protect your Wi-Fi network. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal.
Welcome back to the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. So how big of a problem is unsecure Wi-Fi? On my way to the coffee shop where I frequently write these episodes, I pulled in a small neighborhood to find out. Before arriving, I had downloaded a free app that allowed me to easily scan all the Wi-Fi networks and set to work driving through the area and recording what networks were available. While it's important to remember that this one particular neighborhood may not be representative of the entire population, the results I found shocked me. I found 67 total networks in the area, but I temporarily set aside 11 of them that were either clearly identified as other devices, such as printers, or that appeared to be connected to nearby businesses. Out of the 56 remaining networks, 7 were unsecured, An additional five used WEP, an obsolete protocol whose passwords can be cracked easily. That means that over one-fifth of the networks available in that neighborhood were available for criminals to access. So with that in mind, I want to share with you today five simple steps that you need to take to lock down your Wi-Fi network. Step number one should be obvious from the introduction. You need to have a password to keep people from accessing your Wi-Fi. Setting up a Wi-Fi network without a password is like an open invitation for others to use your network. However, the problems that can arise are more than just someone using your network to conduct illegal activity. A network that is password protected will use encryption to protect everything that's sent. Without encryption, everything that your computer sends out to the internet can be read by anyone else who happens to be within range of the network and the data could also be captured and read by other computers on the same network. Without proper safeguards, someone who gets on your Wi-Fi could also use the file sharing settings on your computer to get your data. Think of all the files that could be on your devices, phone numbers, saved passwords, and possibly even things with extremely sensitive data, like bank statements or your social security numbers. And even if your files don't get copied, a person could still use file sharing to put malware onto your computer and further compromise your security. And finally, even if you don't experience any malicious activity due to an unsecured network, it could still have a big impact on you. The traffic that someone else is running through your network could slow it down, resulting in slow loading times and buffering video. And I'm sure you don't want your cat videos impacted by buffering. However, it does little good to protect your network with a password if you don't take additional steps to secure your network. A strong password does you no good if it can be easily compromised. So the second step is to choose the most secure connection type. Most wireless routers have three different connection types. WEP, WEP, WPA, and WPA2. Some of the newer ones may even have WPA3 but that was only standardized in mid-2018, so it has only made it onto the newer devices. Both WEP and WPA have major security flaws that have rendered them insecure. Since WPA2 was officially standardized in 2004, which was 16 years ago, there's almost no reason to be using a device that can't support it. And while both WPA2 and WPA3 have been shown to have some flaws, Most of the flaws can be avoided by creating a strong password. The connection type that you use 
determines the level of encryption that will be used to protect your data. As I mentioned earlier, without encryption, anyone can see the data being transmitted between your computer and the internet. Not having encryption could also allow someone to execute attacks to compromise your devices or steal your data. If you choose to not encrypt your Wi-Fi, or if you use a weak form of encryption, such as WEP or WPA, you will leave your computer extremely vulnerable. To find out what type of encryption you're using on your network right now, you can look on just about any device. On a Windows computer, select your Wi-Fi network's name and choose the Properties option. Scroll down to the bottom of the window and you'll see a setting for Security Type. On a Mac computer, hold down the Option key and press the Wi-Fi button at the top of the screen. In the window that pops up, you will see what type of connection you're using. If you're on an Android device, you can go to the Wi-Fi settings and tap on the network name. The connection type you're using will be listed under the security options. Unfortunately, right now, iOS devices don't currently have the ability to tell you what type of security you're using. So you'll need to download an app or use a different device. Once you've password protected your network and made sure you're using the strongest encryption possible, a third way to lock down your Wi-Fi is to disable WPS, which stands for Wi-Fi Protected Setup. WPS was created as a way to make it easier to connect devices to Wi-Fi networks. Unfortunately, this ease of connection also hurts the security. To connect via WPS, you enter a PIN instead of your password. But what this essentially does is replace your password with a much weaker password. So the end result is that using software available for free, a person could try all possible eight-digit combinations in under one day. There's also a second form of WPS that is a little bit more secure. It involves pushing a button on the router to authorize a connection. However, the official WPS standard states that you must enable the eight-digit PIN method in order to enable the push button method. Fortunately, many manufacturers, recognizing the security risks in the eight-digit PIN, have chosen to disregard that part of the standard and allow you to enable one or the other instead of requiring them both to be enabled or disabled together. There's one small risk of the push-button WPS method. Someone nearby who knows your phone number or is able to find it could attempt a connection and then call your house and convince you to push the WPS button. Obviously, you probably don't go around your house pushing buttons for just any person who calls your phone number. A person could call you with a convincing story, such as claiming to be from your cable company and needing you to push that button to verify that you are the one in possession of that device. If you don't know the purpose of that button, you could be tricked into pushing it and allowing someone to connect. If you want to find out if you have WPS enabled, you can try connecting to your router and seeing if a prompt pops up for either an eight-digit pin or for you to push a button on the router. If you're already connected and you don't want to disconnect, it's a little bit more complicated to find out if you have WPS enabled. And the easiest way to do that is to check the router's control panel. And that brings us to point number four, changing your administrator password. Your router has a control panel that can be accessed from any device to make changes to your settings. 
The control panel is where you would set the password for your Wi-Fi. It's where you change the encryption type, and it's where you would enable or disable WPS. It also has a variety of other settings that you can change as well. Your control panel can be accessed by entering an IP address into your web browser. An IP address is just a set of four numbers, and you can get those numbers from the documentation on your router or by searching online for your router's model number. You'll then be prompted to enter a username and password, which is usually pre-programmed by the manufacturer. If you don't change that default pre-programmed password, anyone who can connect to your Wi-Fi network could then look up the router's IP address and default login credentials. If you haven't changed that password, the person could get into your control panel and change all kinds of settings. They could even keep you from being able to access your own internet connection. And that's why it is so important to protect your network with a password and then change this administrator password. And finally, the fifth step to protect your Wi-Fi is to watch where you can access it. So generally, the best place to put your router or your Wi-Fi access point is in the center of your house on the highest level. This will help the signal get distributed evenly throughout your whole house. However, having it in the center of your house is also good for security. If your access point is on one side of the house, and you can access it on the other side of the house, then the signal is probably also reaching the same distance in the other direction. This can create two problems. First, if you have an unsecured network or a poor password on your network, someone could use your Wi-Fi from another house or from the street. As I mentioned earlier, driving through one neighborhood, I found 67 networks available from my car. Now, you're not going to be able to get good signal everywhere in your house without having it bleed over into other properties, especially if you live in a tight neighborhood or in an apartment. But if you live in a traditional suburban neighborhood and your neighbor has excellent signal from your Wi-Fi throughout his entire house, then you probably need to make a change. Take the example of Bill that I mentioned in the introduction. Even without a password on his Wi-Fi, if his signal hadn't reached into his neighbor's house, his neighbor would not have been able to use it for criminal activity. So what can you do to keep your Wi-Fi signal more confined? If you can, move your Wi-Fi access point to the center of your home. This will help the signal spread evenly throughout your home and limit the accessibility of the signal outside. If you need to have it near the edge of your house, you could also try using something to block the signal. You can try cutting an aluminum can in half and using it to reflect some of the signal away from the outside wall. If you want to go a more professional looking route, you can purchase fabric or a panel that will help block the signal. However, do note that doing this may limit the ability of other signals, like a cell phone signal, from getting into you when you're nearby. If you're interested in purchasing something to block signal, I'll link to a couple options on the show notes page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com episode one. If you find that you have excellent signal well beyond the range of your house, Many routers also have a setting that will control the power of the transmission. Obviously, this will require some tweaking over several days or weeks to make sure that your signal remains powerful throughout your home, but it could be an option if you want to put in the time to make it work. So today we covered five ways to lock down your Wi-Fi network. 
First, make sure it is secured with a strong password. Second, check your connection type and make sure it is WPA2 or WPA3. Third, turn off WPS. It is a horribly insecure way to connect. Fourth, change the administrator password. So if someone does get on, they can't make network changes. And fifth, check where you can access your network and consider making changes that limit how far it is available. So that does it for today. Thank you for joining us, and be sure to join us right back here tomorrow as we continue our Launch Week episodes with the topic, How to Stay Safe While Working From Home. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast. For more information on today's topic and a transcription of this episode, check out the show notes page, which is linked in the description. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, we would also appreciate it if you could take the time to rate and review the show. It really does help us get noticed. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Please do not take any action on your computer, phone, or other device unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.